Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Pastor, doesn't science disprove the Bible? Isn't Genesis just a fairy tale? Is God for real? Did he really create everything in six literal days? Didn't God just use the Big Bang? Why is there death and suffering? Did really believe the Bible? Didn't man evolve from apes? For answers to these questions and more, stand by for Believing the Bible. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and our producer, Ed Salzadel all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Today, I think we're going to look in another program on compromise, on compromising scripture, compromising with secular science, and whether that's a good idea or not. Well, how'd you get into that kind of question in the first place? I mean, what brought you into the realm of compromise? Well, I was a compromised individual to start with. That's the problem. Well, I think we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yeah. 1986, went up to Granby, Colorado on a bus with, how many people does a true bus hold? Probably about 40. Had 40 teenagers that I was on a bus with for 22 hours. Incidentally, if you ever get the opportunity to do that, don't. (laughs) But anyway, and I heard Dr. Bill Tierney up there in Colorado. He was the head of the biology department at Air Force Academy. And he gave two talks. And in one of those, he showed that you could believe in creation or you could believe in evolution, but you cannot compromise the two. That they have completely different orders, that they have completely different outcomes, they have completely different worldviews, and that all of these compromise theories really fall short because you cannot do it. Now, after I'd seen what he did, it led me to do 15 months of study, individual study, into the evidence for creation, and I found out that the evidence for creation far outweighs that of evolution, which shocked me, because to that point, I'd been a theistic evolutionist. I had just thought, well, God created the first cell and let everything take its course from that point forward. And I found out that that that's simply a lie. That's not the truth. A few of the points that Dr. Tierney brought up. In Genesis, it says that there were oceans before dry land. It says there was water before there was anything else. But according to evolution, the earth formed in molten rock, and it was dry for at least a billion years before water was added back. That's a conflict. That's a contradiction. We also find that deep in the earth, we find zircon crystals, which showed they were formed in cool water. That, again, contradicts this molten hypothesis. In the Bible, life starts on the third day with land plants. That's in Genesis 1.11. But evolution says that life first started when, guys? What about the three billion years ago? With what? It wasn't with land plants. With a simple, single cell. Simple, single cell, floating in water and the prebiotic soup and all of that type of stuff. 
Or on, on crystals. Or on crystals. crystals. Wherever it was, it wasn't a land plant. That's right. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, again, you have a direct contradiction with the evolutionary timeline, the evolutionary theory, and that of the Bible itself. Or Mr. Spock brought it. Or Mr. Spock brought it. <laughs> How about from the dude to the zoo? Way of you. Yeah. By way of you. This leads us into the whole problem of life from non-life. That is one thing that the evolutionists, this is the dirty little secret of evolution. They have no clue. And they've tried forming RNA on crystals, and they have the RNA world theory and all of this other type of stuff, but they have no clue how inanimate matter organized itself and became life itself. That's what they used to think, and then the experiments by Francisco Reddy and then later Louis Pasteur disproved that. Disproved and, biogenesis. Yeah, disproved life. A from, biogenesis, rather. Yeah, yeah, disproved uh, life from non-life. But yeah, or that's what they're trying to say happened, even though that's the, what they're trying to say happened. But I'm telling you, the latest research, they're ready to punt. They have no clue how you bridge that gap from right. inanimate objects to life. Well, the way well, they what, handle that is by saying that's not a part of Darwinian evolution. You know, I heard one professor say that you know. Addressing that issue of how life started is, doesn't have anything to do with Darwinian evolution, and he'll fell his students for trying to say that. So that he just basically begs the question. Well, okay, but that becomes a non-secular because they're not answering the question. Right. Go ahead. Yeah, John Pendleton had that discussion with a group of atheists that he was debating. And the bottom line was, the atheist says, well, life's a given, and we go from there. <laughs> So that's, that's we're a, not going to answer the tough that's, question. That's right. Life's a given. So that is right. absolutely nuts. The Bible says the earth was here before the sun and stars. The sun and stars were made on the fourth day, earth on the first and second days. According to evolution, the stars in the universe were here 13.8 billion years ago. And it was the earth that nine billion years later, our sun and the earth would be formed. So again, that's a direct contradiction between evolutionary timeline and the Bible itself. Our nebular theory for that there's just a bunch of dust and gas that was circulating and coalesced to become the sun, the earth, and the planets doesn't work for outer planets. It doesn't work it, for inner planets. It doesn't work for inner planets. Well, it really doesn't work for outer planets, but it certainly doesn't work for inner planets as well in the fact that vapor pressure will not allow those things to coalesce. But a lot of people don't know that there are a hundred other theories about how our solar system formed, but none of them work for both, work for the inner planets and outer planets, no matter how they try to do it. Yeah, angular momentum gets all of them. Right. Spike Pizarus has a video, What We Aren't Being Told About Our Solar System, in which he makes 54 points from our solar system that shows that the nebular hypothesis doesn't work but the Bible does. The Bible says birds and fish were formed together on day five, but evolution says fish were formed hundreds of millions of years before birds. Again, that's a direct contradiction between the two. There's a lot of people who try to stuff millions and billions of years into the Bible. Into the days of creation. As age of creation. Does that satisfy it? Does that solve the problem? It just no, makes things worse. It makes things worse, and, and the order doesn't work. The Bible says whales, sea creatures, were created on day five, and reptiles were created on day six. But evolution says fish came first, then amphibians second, then reptiles, then mammals, and then they say those mammals crawled back into the sea and became whales. 
Well, that's a weird story for another day, but again, the truth is, is the timeline the same? No, it's completely contradictory. There is zero archaeological evidence for man returning to the sea, or for mammals returning to the sea. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed and Dr. Carl Williams and our producer, Ed Salzadel. If you'd like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A.org. Yeah, that was really brought out by Carl Verter, I believe, in Evolution the Grand Experiment, where the uh, University of Michigan at Ann Arbor Museum had all these impressive displays of well evolution that uh, all these Darwinists were praising and buying into and criticizing people that don't believe it, saying that they just don't want to see it. And what Carl Werner pointed out and called them out for was the, the illustrations that were being shown did not match the actual fossils that were there. Yeah, I had problems with these fossils. When I first got into this ministry, they were talking about cows that returned to the seas and became whales. They no longer are talking about cows. Now they're talking about something that kind of sort of looked like a weird fox or something else like that. <laughs> But they simply have no good data for this. The birds were created on day five, creeping things, which is insects, on day six. But what does evolution say, guys? They have all sorts of answers for that, but definitely the insects were first. Came hundreds of millions of years before birds. Um, The Bible says light was created and present on day one, but then it says the sun, moon, and stars were created on day four. Well, the Bible has an answer for that. What was the light on day one? It wasn't sun, moon, and stars. It was God. God. It God. was, it was Christ that just, was that light. Just, well, he reflects in Re- Revelation as well. When the sun, moon, and stars are going to go away and light will be presented by God himself. Will be God. There'll, there'll be no sun, moon, and stars to produce light. But again, we have a timeline differential. We have a do- timeline contradiction in the fact that evolution says you don't have light until you have what? A sun, moon, the and sun, stars. moon, and stars, yes, until you have the light givers. This incidentally precludes the old earth compromises, like day three, you have land plants, day four, you have the sun, moon, and stars. Well, if the Bible's telling the truth, then that's no problem. The plants just live for one day without sunlight. But if the old earth things are true, and they throw in 500 million years for each one of those days, are those plants created on day three going to survive for 500 million years till the sun comes up? They have an alternative to photosynthesis, obviously. Yeah, obviously so. It's a great problem. We challenge people to search the scriptures, the data, the scientific data, and find for yourself if these things are compatible. They're not. What these compromise theories do is they teach us to distrust Genesis, to distrust scripture. We start teaching it as pure allegory, and we distrust that the Bible is teaching us true history. There are more than 20 of these non-secutors, of these things that the order is completely different from the Bible to evolutionary evolutionary theory. theory. Or Big Bang. And so you cannot compromise the two. And that was the crux of what I saw which led me to do research and which led me away from being a theistic evolutionist. That really is lazy thought process, that God just walked in, made the first cell, and then ran away. Because it's not what the Bible teaches us. Correct. What are y'all's thoughts on this as we close? Well, that's the same way I walked away 
was I was raised without biblical authority in my life. And so all the schools taught me was evolutionary theory. And I decided that one of them had to be right. And I chose poorly until many, many decades later when my wife brought me to a creation science meeting. The people that do walk away in one sense... You can't be too hard on them because they're being logical. They realize that the Bible and biblical creation doesn't go with all this other stuff that they're being taught. And they're not ever being taught why they can believe the Bible. So they're just doing what makes sense. That's why Richard Dawkins walked away. And that's what we're trying to answer with our ministry today. We recommend that you check out Terry Reed's book on his website at Why Should You Believe? You can get access to a whole range of Dr. Carl Williams' books on Christian historical fiction on Amazon.com. And we also recommend Scott Lane's new book, What If God Wrote the Bible, which is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everywhere else. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. Sabsa meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you miss any part of this show, you can listen to this show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane and for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzville. Thanks for listening, and we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible.